What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of the Callaway Sports Podcast. I am your host, Kimber Callaway, and I'm back, baby. We back up and rolling full time from here on out, man. I know it's been a long time since I dropped the podcast. I, be, I, I believe it's been since about January, but it's May, man. Happy Cinco de Mayo Day, man. But um, to get straight to business, man, I know it's been a long time since I made a uh, quality, quality episode for y'all man and uh i've been handling some business you know truth be told you know trying to change some things up um and i promise y'all that those are coming soon as well but and it's a lot of a lot of things i missed out on a lot of topics that i should have been you know covering i don't believe i covered the super bowl this year or anything like that i ain't covered the all-star game it's been a lot of nba topics i missed out on a lot of great fights that i missed out on and Truthfully, my apologies for that, man. Truthfully, you know, I apologize for that, but that's going to change, man. I got a good, good lineup set up for um today. We're going to get right into it, man. The system is still the same, man. The system is still the same. So, buckle up, get your popcorn ready. Let this instrument run. We're jumping right into that episode, baby. Shout out to DMX for what a hood at. To start things off, we got to go with the NBA first, baby. And I'm going to ask you guys a question. As you're listening, I want you to think about this as, uh, as well. And then we're going to jump right into the subject. What is an NBA MVP? Y'all got it? Y'all got your answers? Cool. Let's get right into the topic. I searched it up and... Of course, everybody has their opinions and their own um, definitions on what they believe uh, MVP is. When you search it up, they will tell you that an MVP is the best performing regular season player. I agree with that, but then, you know, I add my own thing to it, which is that best performing regular season player, if you take that player away from that team, you know, that team isn't as good as, you know, we see that team to be with that MVP caliber player. So, with that being said, who do you believe is the MVP of the 2020-2021 season? In the past, you know, we all feel that, you know, we have people that, that you know, players, now I want to say the players that we feel have been robbed of that prestigious award, as they say. Me personally, I feel like LeBron James was robbed in 2018 and last year of being the league MVP. I felt like, you know, plenty of people feel like Kobe Bryant was robbed those years of Steve Nash one. <clears throat> so it, 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 it brings confusion to us fans and analysts and, you know, sportscasters all across the world. You know, we hear the guys on ESPN on first take and the guys on um, FS1 get up and all of these things you know they're debating this like what is the true meaning and definition of an mvp because it kind of gets you know 
mixed in. Uh, but me personally, you know, I, I, I feel like that MVP caliber player, you know, you take them away, you know, that team is not that good. Of course, to be the MVP, that team has to be a playoff team. I, you know, I believe, you know, a top, top three seed or something like that. Um, but if you go off of just that definition of that I read earlier, best performing regular season player, then it's a lot of guys who may be a six or a seven seed that'll be MVPs, you know. Um, I believe that year that Kobe Bryant did not get it when Steve Nash got it. Kobe was averaging like 35 or 36 that year. But I believe the Suns were maybe a top, I, I, I believe they are a top three seed if I'm remembering correctly. I was a little young then, but you know, I do my research. But now that goes into who is the MVP this year. When you look at the candidates uh, this year, I wrote some down. I didn't wrote, uh, you know, a lot down. I wrote who I've been hearing people talk about. So, first on the list is Nikola Jokic of the Denver Nuggets. This year, Jokic is averaging 26 points, 10 rebounds, and 11. No, 11 rebounds and about 10 assists. Joel Embiid, 29, 10, and 3. The Greek freak, Giannis Antetokounmpo, 28, 11, 5.9 assists, maybe 6. And when you and, and, and when you factor in the team success of those three players, Nuggets are the fourth seed right now in the West, 43 and 22. Sixers are the first seed in the East, 44 and 21. The Bucks are the third seed in the East, 41 and 24. Now, I was seeing Kendrick Perkins on uh, first take, Yesterday, and I, and I seen his tweet about two days ago. He was saying, you know, Chris Paul is the lead front runner, or he should be the lead front runner of this year's MVP race. Carry on. And truth be told, you know, the Chris Paul effect is real. Every team that Chris Paul has went to, you know, that team has gotten a lot better. Um, when you look at Chris Paul's number, and I love, I love CP. But when you look at Chris Paul's numbers, they don't compare to the three guys that I um, name. Neither do they compare to his teammates, Devin Booker. They, you know, his numbers don't compare to a Julius Randle or a Kevin Durant or a James Harden or a LeBron James, you know, or even a Steph Curry. But it's his impact on the Suns, which I felt led Perk to, you know, tweet that statement. Chris Paul this year is averaging 16 points per game, about nine assists, and about a steal and a half per game. But the Suns, not only do they have the best record in the West, they have the best record in the NBA at 47 and 18. Now, granted, do I believe that they will have that record if LeBron and 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 AD didn't get hurt? Mm, probably not. But still, can't take away that they are the best team in the NBA right now. Do I believe Chris Paul is an MVP candidate? Yes. Do I believe he is an MVP frontrunner? No. Truth be told, I believe the MVP, the MVP frontrunner is, in my opinion, Joel Embiid. Because he falls into that category of being one of the best performing regular season players. And his team success backs up. The number one team in the um, East right now, sitting at 44 and 21. Still a few games, just a few games left in the season. We'll see how that goes. But this is a very, very interesting MVP race. So I would like to know y'all statements. How y'all feel about the MVP race? I, I you know I feel it is very close, man. It's it's a lot of great players that's putting up great numbers. Julius Randle, um, Devin Booker, 
Giannis, Embiid, Jokic. If LeBron can get back on track before LeBron got hurt, LeBron was in the MVP race. Um, Steph Curry has been absolutely unbelievable. His team is not, you know, the best team. Did I forget to mention Damian Lillard? So, you know, um, team success does matter. Luka. Still got Luka out there as well, you know. Uh, Harden and, and, and KD, like, you know, all these guys putting up crazy numbers. But, you know, I do believe that that team success, do, it, it, it does factor in with the votes. But I believe that, you know, they don't necessarily have to be the best team in the league to be the MVP. But, you know, if you take away Jokic from that Nuggets team, that Nuggets team most likely is not a playoff team. Embiid, you take him away from that team, you leave Simmons there. Are they a playoff team? Maybe in the East, maybe a low seed because the East is not that strong. We know that. You take Giannis away from that uh, Bucks team, I don't believe that they're a playoff team. You take CP3 away from that team, they're not a playoff team. So, you know, I was seeing Max Kellerman yesterday on first take uh, saying that, you know, what – the Suns were 8-0 in the bubble. The Suns were 8-0 in the bubble, but still, what did they do before the bubble? Okay, yeah, they were 8-0 in the bubble, but what what were they doing before the bubble? They weren't a playoff team before then, but you get Chris Powell, and now you're the first seed in the Western Conference. You know, the Chris Powell effect is, 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 is very, very real. But, you know, right now, that MVP definition should be the best performing regular season player who's on the top team. Not the best team, but the top team. You know, but on to the next topic, man, and uh, we're gonna keep moving on. Is um, recently I seen LeBron's comments uh, on his high ankle sprain. I know he would miss the next two games due to rest, and you know he was just saying that you know he he feels like uh, I know that this is not the most accurate statement, but I remember seeing it and reading it, and and LeBron said that you know um, he knew that he wasn't gonna be one hundred percent the same after this injury. And it makes you think and question, is LeBron James on the – is LeBron finally on the decline? Too early to tell. Do I believe it? No. You know, I just I just feel like, you know, he needs to shake off the rust off of being – you know, LeBron has never been out. You know, it, it's very rare to see LeBron get hurt. It's very rare to see him, you know, out for an extended period of time like he was this year. So, you know, I'm not I'm not believing in the well LeBron may be on the decline now, you know, he's a little bit, you know, late in his career even. I don't believe that because I know um I know the money that LeBron spends on his body, even at his age, and, and I just I I just refuse to believe that right now. I just, you know, feel like he needs to shake you know, gotta shake the rust off. You know, it's not it's not gonna be peaches and, and, and cream and, and you know, roses when you get back from a ankle injury you know the way that you know he got hurt so you know my message to lebron james would be you know stay strong man you know stay strong um take your time you got playoffs around the corner you know we all know that you're a different playoff player anyway take your time man get back healthy get back right um and push on to the playoffs and and complete the back-to-back but uh I want y'all to think about that, about the MVP race, man, because there's a lot of guys who can easily be MVP. And uh, shout out to Lonzo Ball, man. I remember so many people, you know, are quick to say or or post about him having bad games. I don't, I don't see too many posts about the good games he's been having. You know, he done tied his 
career high twice. He said it a few days ago at 33. He tied it last night with 33, man. Zoe been balling, man. So uh, give my boy his credit and give my boy his shine. But next on the list, man, will be the fight game. I know everybody loves a fight game. So let's get into that boxing and UFC topic coming up next, baby. Stay tuned. Right, man as promised we are back with the fight game segment and from here on out, i'm not gonna um split the ufc and the boxing segments um apart they're gonna be straight up the fight game segment so you know we can cover all of it so let's get right into it man uh, we're gonna start off with a ufc topic is kamaru usman the, the nigerian nightmare the ufc welterweight champion the king of the 170 pound division is he pound for pound number one in the world following his knockout of Jorge Gamebred Masvidal. The respect, you know, no, the lack of respect that Usman has received since becoming a champion is, is silly. Uh, it's uncalled for, if you ask me. Um, I watched my first time seeing Kamaru Usman was when he was on the Ultimate Fighter season, the Black Zillions versus um, American Top Team. And, you know, I wasn't the biggest Kamaru Usman fan because I, you know, feel like he was like, you know, that typical boring wrestler. Wasn't, you know, that gritty, ground to pound, you know what I'm saying, beat your face into the canvas type of, you know, wrestler. He was just a guy who would, you know, take you down, hold you down, land a few strikes here and there. His, his striking wasn't polished, but the way he's grown over these last three or four years, he's really, really caught my eye. And I'm a fan of Kamaru Usman. I believe it was the... Rafael Dos Anjos fight that I was like, okay, Usman's getting better. You know, he's still more, you know, he leans on that wrestling, but he's getting better. And then, you know, he he dominated Tyron Woodley. He beat Woodley. I did not expect him to beat Woodley, but I was still a fan. He dominated Woodley, became the champion. Then he knocked out, you know, Kobe, finished Kobe. And then he made that change in his camps, and that we're seeing his striking get a lot better. So now it's it's very tough to deal with Kamaru Usman due to the fact that that threat of a takedown and him controlling you is always there. And now he has that threat of finishing guys. Cause I mean, he just finished a guy who is very rare to see in trouble when he is in trouble. He's able to bounce back. The last time game bread, Jorge Masvidal was in trouble. Darren Till dropped him with a left hand and he ended up start to till in the second round in his hometown of Liverpool, London, England. Um, so for him to finish Masvidal the way he did was, I mean, absolutely spectacular. And that was uh, just beautiful. You know, touch with the left hand, game break counter with the, with Trotz counter with the left hook, right hand came right down the pipe, and that was all she wrote. But uh, back to the question of, is Kamaru pound pound number one? I would still put John up there if John was active. John hasn't been active, so Kamaru has been the most active male fighter. And I believe that's why Kamaru should be pound for pound number one uh, in the world. He's been active. He he, he just finished Game Bread. He finished Gilbert Burns before that. Uh, he uh, beat Game Bread 50-44 or 50-45 um, on the first Fight Island card last year. Before that, he finished Kobe. Before that, he beat Tyron Woodley. You know, so he's been active. He's been winning fights. He's not, you know, winning these fights 
one of these fights by skinning his teeth, you know, he's going out there and finishing or dominating. So, yes, Kamaru Usman does deserve to be pound for pound number one in the world. But if John Jones gets back on his workhorse, he beats, if they get a deal signed with him and Francis, and he happens to beat Francis in Ganu, then John Jones easily jumps back in the number one spot. That's just me, and that's just how I feel on that. But uh, moving on to another topic, man. Um, like I said, it was a topic that I happened to miss. A fight back in January. Uh, Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier. It was McGregor's uh, return fight. It was a rematch between these two. The first meeting was in uh, 2014 at UFC 178 at Featherweight at 145, where um, Conor starts Dustin in under two minutes. And um, the rematch went completely different. Dustin made the changes, made the necessary adjustments uh, to deal with Conor. Uh, if you know me as well, I've been a, I was a Dustin Poirier fan before I was a Conor McGregor fan. Uh, fan. That fight made me look at Conor uh, completely different. I was like, wow, you know, uh, this dude is for real. Uh, but I always feel like Dustin could always compete with Conor. You know, I think Conor just uh, got him rattled. Uh, going into that first fight and uh, you know just took him out mentally before he did it physically the second fight was a lot different uh, wasn't a lot of trash talk coming from Connor um, so Dustin was able to you know relax and and you know just really focus on the fight the calf kicks were amazing in that fight really Really took uh, Connor's legs out and then um, followed up and uh, ended up finishing him in the second round. First time Connor got finished by uh, strikes. <clears throat> so the question is can Connor, Connor McGregor return to his winning ways in the summer of this year in Las Vegas when he and Dustin Poirier completes the trilogy? If we can get that old form of Connor. Uh, where you know he's he's confident, you know. I mean, he's always confident, but he's he's confident in the pre-fight antics and the pre-fight build-up, where he's um, mentally looking to destroy his opponent. Then maybe we can see Conor. I, I felt like his his style of fight was wasn't the best game plan to fight Dustin that night. You know, he had been training and preparing for a, a potential boxing fight with Manny Pacquiao. He kind of came in with a boxing stance. Uh, Kind of always leans in on that lead foot heavily, and he leaned in with his hands up high a lot more than 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 a usual in his past fight. But the striking was still sharp. The striking was still there. Of course, Dustin made adjustments, and, and, and he landed some very good shots as well. But I do feel that if, if Conor can get out there, get back to you know his 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 roots, and you know. If he's able to catch Dustin, I, I do still feel that he can hurt Dustin and finish him. He just got to get his mind right, you know. Uh, I, since the uh, Floyd fight, uh, I don't believe Connor's mind has been right um, when he fought Habib in 2018. I just don't feel like his his mind was in it, you know. He had been out of the sport for a while, and that's, you know, that's not the way that you go into a fight with, you know, a guy who's as dominant as Habib is. Uh, but, um... If if if, if Conor can get back to his old ways, you know, get back to his roots, then you know we can possibly see him uh, as a UFC lightweight champion all over again. And 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 there's some great fights to be made. You know, I just want to see him active. I want to see him winning um, because I am a fan of Conor McGregor. Uh, 
some great fights like this trilogy with Dustin. He can also fight, you know, he can still fight Tony Ferguson. He can still fight um, Justin Gaethje, Charles Oliveira, Michael Chandler, Dan Hooker. You know, um, there's some great fights to be made out there. And even if he wants to move back up to, you know, 170, he can do that. A trilogy with Nate is still, you know, on the table, you know. So I would love to see Conor, you know, get back to his winning ways. Um, but next on the list, man, uh, this this weekend we got a big fight. Pound for pound, number one in the world, Saul Canelo Alvarez is back to fight Billy Joe Saunders. Now, the fight is in a little bit of jeopardy from what I'm hearing. Billy Joe says he won't fight if the ring is anything less than a, a 22 uh, square foot. So, um, we'll see, man. I'm hoping that, you know, they can sort that out and the fight is made. But uh, my predictions for the Canelo versus Billy Joe fight. Canelo has gotten a lot better since the loss of Floyd. I feel like that was the best thing for Canelo. Losing to Floyd because his style changed. Just you know, he 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 made those necessary adjustments, and and he learned the lesson that Floyd put out to him, and it's made him the fighter that he is today. Uh, so with Billy Joe with that boxing, you know, moving slick type of style, I can see him uh, giving uh, Canelo some uh, troubles early in the fight, but I don't feel like. Uh, It'll be long-term. I, I do feel like, you know, Canelo would uh, eventually catch him, catch his rhythm, you know, start landing those hard shots and things like that, and, uh, you know, the fight would start to, you know, move into his uh, his type of fight, you know, his type of pace, because I truly don't believe Billy Joe has fought anybody with the skill set that Canelo brings to the table. So uh, I'm leaning towards Canelo in this fight, but I do believe that Billy Joe can uh, cause – a lot of um, problems for him, you know, in those first three to four rounds. So, let me know y'all predictions on that as well. And uh, upcoming fights uh, on the boxing uh, side of things, man. We got Jamal Charlo will be defending his WBC middleweight championship against Juan, Juan Montiel. Not too uh, sure about his opponent. I have to do, you know, my research uh, on him, you know, watch a few fights and, you know, once it get closer to the fight, I believe that's like in June. So, you know, I got like a few weeks to start, you know, really preparing for that fight. Javante Tank Davis will be back on Showtime Pay-Per-View. He's taking on Mario Barrios. WBA super lightweight belt will be on the line. That's, that's a good fight. That's a very, very good fight. I, I can't wait to see that one. Uh, Jamel Charlo, the younger brother, will be uh, defending his belt against Brian Castaño. Same thing with uh, Jamel's um, fight. I got to really look into his um, opponent and see what he brings to the table. Also, David Benavidez will be taking on Jose Uzcaligi, the former IBF super middleweight uh, champion. You know, he, he's he's fought um, Caleb Plant, you know, very, very good uh, fighter. And, you know, we all know what David Benavidez brings to the table. He's a very tough guy, so... Look out for those fights, man. Uh, and on as far as the UFC sh uh, side, the uh, five-round co-man event fight with Leon Edwards and Nate Diaz have been postponed. Nate got hurt. Uh, I believe it's a minor issue, like a back issue. They postponed that fight to I believe in June. It'll still be five rounds as well. It's just 
it'd be moved to i be i believe ufc 263 or 264 something like that so look out for that fight the return of nate diaz also we will get a new UFC lightweight champion. As we all know, Habib Nurmagomedov is no longer fighting. He has retired. So that UFC lightweight belt is up for grabs. Michael Chandler, who knocked out Dan Hooker in his UFC debut on the same card with Dustin Poirier, defeated Conor McGregor. He's fighting for the belt against Charles Oliveira, who has been on an unbelievable run since moving up to 155, beating, beating the likes of Tony Ferguson. Uh, so look out for that fight. We will get a new... UFC lightweight champion, where I believe it'll be Iron Michael Chandler. So look out for those fights as well, man. And uh, stay tuned, man. Uh, more episodes will be coming soon. Thank y'all for tuning in with the Callaway Sports Podcast. Remember to uh, like, comment, and share. Get this out to all the sports heads, all the sports fanatics, man. I'm keeping y'all posted. I'm keeping y'all updated. And uh, I'll be seeing y'all soon, man.